across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. This episode is brought to you by Audible. Yes, Audible, the way to learn and listen to books without having to turn a page. Uh, Audible's awesome. I've always been a big fan. I always have several books on Audible that I'm listening to or getting ready to listen to after the next one is done. Right off the bat, I've got a great book for you to listen to. It's called The Surrender Experiment. It's by Mickey Singer, and it's changed my life. It really has. At, at first, I was unsure about it. I thought it might be too spiritual for me, but it really wasn't spiritual at all. It was, but it wasn't. It, uh, this guy's built a company with thousands and thousands of employees, and he's used a different way to make decisions throughout his life, and it's benefited him. And I've actually tried it recently, and it's it's affected me, and it's, it's working well. So highly recommend Surrender Experience, Mickey Singer. Michael Singer. Check it out. Just go. You can listen to this book for free, actually, as a listener of this show by getting a free 30-day membership to Audible. All you got to do is go to audio.hybendigital.com. That's audio.hybendigital.com. This episode is brought to you by Rebus University. Yes, Rebus University, the home of the Certified Listing Agent course. Many people taking the Certified Listing Agent course, you will never, ever lose a listing again. If you take this course over and over and you ingrain this stuff into your head, that is certainly our goal, I should say. And I got a $100 off coupon for you at hybendigital.com backslash discount. That's hybendigital.com backslash discount there. You could also sign up for the coming CTA course, which is a certified team agent with Jeff Cohn at Omaha, Nebraska. If you're interested in getting a super discount on that, because I need some beta testers on that course. And if you beta test it, I'll give you 50% off. So if you want to get on the beta list, go to rebusuniversity.com backslash courses backslash CTA. I'll repeat that. rebusuniversity.com backslash courses backslash CTA for the certified beta tester list of the certified team agent course. Okay, Rockstar Nation. Boy, we have a great returning guest today. I got Amanda Bell coming from Tennessee on the line, and she is in a hot, hot seller's market. We're going to learn about, you know, what she's doing to combat that and what she's doing to build her listing inventory and all good things real estate in today's day and age in Tennessee. So, Amanda, welcome back to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you so much for having me back. I appreciate it. So why don't you uh, give everybody a little bio on yourself, Amanda, so they can get to know you better. I've been doing this for 15 years. Yeah, I've been doing this for 15 years. I'm originally from Nashville, um, but my office and where I live now is about 20 minutes outside of Nashville. So I live out in the heart, but I still uh, am close enough to the city. So, Okay, so like how many houses did you sell last year? 309. Woo! And uh, what was your E? 
GCI, your ego commission income, or as some call it, the GCI. What? How much? What was your gross commission? Um, uh, for everything, probably eight hundred. Eight eight hundred out of three hundred nine units. That was your gross commission. What was uh, What's your average sale price there? Oh, uh, the average sale price is probably around one fifty. Okay. All right. Yeah, it, yeah, it's lower because we we sell a lot of single wides and a lot of double wide manufactured homes as well. Oh, is that right? And so, mm -hmm. like, what's the average single wide cost? Twenty thousand. Okay, and and so, what does your team look like? Or are you doing this all three hundred nine units by yourself? Well, I don't do a team. Um, you know, in researching some of the local teams, you know, there are are people that have teams of ten and. They're only doing 150 units a, a year, and, and to me, that just means that their team members aren't working. So mm. if somebody's not willing to work as hard as me, then I'm not willing to have a team, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I, I don't form a team so that I can work less and make less. You would have a team so that you can work less and make more. So if, if the mm. people on the team aren't willing to work like you are, then there's no point in having a team. Wow. Wow. That's deep. I mean, and, and uh, that's going to be hard because if you're doing 309 units on yourself uh, by yourself, then nobody is going to work as hard as you. True. You know, we have done things a little bit differently in the last year. Um, I do list some foreclosures as well. Um, and I do have buyer's agents on those foreclosures, but on my traditional sales, which still makes up about 60% of my sales, I do not do buyer's agents or seller's agents. I, I do everything. So. Yeah. You just show them yourself, even if it's a, 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 a $20,000 mobile home. Yes. Because okay. those $20,000 sellers are going to turn into $200,000 sellers one day. Wow. So, um, doing it this way, what is your profit margin? Well, after Uncle Sam gets his share. Um, well, before it, that, yeah. Before okay. Um, before that, I, I have really low overhead. So I'm probably looking at, before Uncle Sam, probably 80%. Yeah. So that's phenomenal. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, that's, you know, $600,000 or so. So, yeah, that's great. So, okay, so let's talk about your market a little bit. So tell me what's happening there. Are you in a buyer's market or are you in a seller's market? Uh, it is definitely a seller's market right now. It is crazy down here. Um, a lot of people are referring Nash to Nashville as um, a little New York City or a little L.A., um, the prices have skyrocketed. People are paying, investors and builders, I should say, are paying $300,000 for a half acre lot to tear down the house and build two, you know, three story homes, shotgun houses in, in, the, in the process. And they're getting $250 a square foot for it. So our prices have really gone out the roof in the last two years. Um, and we do not expect it to slow down for at least another two to three years. Okay, so let's stop there for a minute. Okay, so give me an example of what you mean by our prices have skyrocketed. So if I bought okay. something for, you know, 150 what's it worth two years ago? What's it worth now? Well, I'll give you an example. Um, I just recently sold my own personal home, which is out on the outskirts of Nashville. Three years ago, I would have listed it for 275 I just got 325 for it. The houses that are taking and getting the largest profit margin right now are going to be in what used to be the lower income areas of Nashville. Um, the house at that 
time probably cost them thirty or forty thousand dollars. The investors are coming in, offering them three hundred thousand dollars, tearing it down, building two houses, and those houses will sell for anywhere from three to four hundred thousand. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, a couple years ago, it was worth thirty thousand. Mm-hmm. And now it's worth three hundred. Mm-hmm. Because they're. I mean, I mean, how does that happen? <laughs> We're still trying to figure that out. I think. Nashville is expanding so much that basically we've ran out of room. Um, There's not really any more raw land. So property has become a premium and they're going into the Nashville areas and buying up property, tearing them down and building, building new houses there. We have so many people moving into this area. I can't remember the latest statistic, um, but it was like 8,000 people a month are moving into Nashville. Why? It's become a centralized location. You know, we have a lot of people from New York that have moved down here. We have a lot of people from L.A. Basically, what happened was people in those areas figured out that they could move down here and pretty much pay cash for a home and have more than what where they were. So our cost of living is lower down here. Uh, well, it used to be. But, our, you know, you're not paying $400 for a parking space, you know, and an astronomical amount of insurance for a car. Right now, we don't have the traffic problems that L.A. and New York have. Um, so, you know, it was just a better a better life. We don't have the extreme winters that a lot of the other places have, and we don't have the extreme heat. Now, I say that, and we've we're at like 80 days of 90 degree weather, but it's not an unbearable heat like you would have in like maybe Vegas or something like that. So, I mean, there's a million places that are quote unquote affordable around the country that someone from LA or New York could move to. I mean, what is it about Nashville other than being like known for having country music there that's, that's bringing these people there? Well, I think the country music started it. Um, and that show Nashville, I don't know if you have seen that show or not, but that show Nashville has really kind of put us on the map that a lot of people are just fascinated by what we have. We don't have a lot of flat level land as far as like, we're not like Kansas where it's just an open plain. Um, we have a lot of hills and rivers and greenery and stuff like that. And a lot of people just find that more attractive than, you know, the ongoing skyscrapers or, you know, the desert or something like that. So Hmm. is there a huge influx of tourism as well? Yes, there is there. um, When you go downtown Nashville, um, even during the week right now, you will see a ton of tourists. Um, And that's why I say it's like a little New York City, because even though there's not a million people down there, it is still very busy no matter what time, day or night with tourists and, and people visiting. We have become a hot spot for bachelor and bachelorette parties for people to come down here. Um, the Airbnb is through the roof. People are paying, you know, a thousand bucks for a place to stay on a weekend um, for a bachelor or bachelorette party. And it, it's just. And is that, be- is that because there's not enough hotels? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We have plenty of hotels. So um, what's what's making the what's making Airbnb explode? A lot of people just don't want to stay in a hotel anymore. They want the luxury of living in a at-home atmosphere. Now, are, are investors coming down and buying houses solely just to rent them out to Airbnb? Yes, um, it has become so popular that in the Metro Nashville area, you have to have a permit now. And depending on the neighborhood, they have limited the number of permits for Airbnb. Hmm. Now, are people like going out and 
getting permits on the outskirts or, or I mean? Well, I have an Airbnb myself right across the street from my office. We are not required to permit. So you can have as many as you want. But what I find is a lot of people want to come and visit Nashville, but they don't want to stay in Nashville. So they'll come stay at our place, which is 20 minutes from downtown Nashville, um, just to kind of get away from the city life at night. So so what happened there? So the government, the city of Nashville, right, created a, a rule that said you needed to get it. You couldn't have an Airbnb in Nashville, unless you had a permit, where the rest of Tennessee, you don't need a permit. Well, what happened was the residents, the people that are actually living in these neighborhoods, um, contacted their council and said, hey, look, you know, we, we're not feeling really safe with a lot of transient people coming in. Um, you know, and it's not being judgmental or anything like that. They just want a sense of security and they also want to protect their property values. If you live in a neighborhood that is majority rentals, it is going to affect your property value. So the, the neighborhood itself has gone to the powers that be and said, hey, you know, we want to preserve our property values. So we need to limit the uh, number of potential rentals. Yeah, because if you can get $1,000 for a weekend for a house for bachelorette parties. And I know what you mean by a Mecca because I live in Folly Beach, South Carolina. And, and every weekend there's like minimum, like five bachelor bachelorette parties here on the main street. It's just like a place where people come for the weekend. And so I, so I understand it. So if you can get a thousand bucks for your house times four weekends, that's $4,000. And then chances are you would probably only rent it to a family for maybe 2000 right mm-hmm. uh, if you rented it year round so the numbers make a lot of sense but where it becomes awkward is these people that buy in this neighborhood and they have this nice little neighborhood with kids running around playing kickball and hopscotch and everything and then all of a sudden every weekend there's a bunch of drunk people out in the street you know up all night so i mean what do you do about that well, and it's not just, you know, the drinking and the partying and, you know, because I don't want to stereotype anybody, but it's inviting numerous strangers into your neighborhood. So there's a sense of security that, you know, your neighbors need to feel by limiting the amount of outsiders that are invited in. Yeah, and especially some of these cookie cutter neighborhoods where all the houses look the same, mm-hmm. right? You get one kid that's trashed and he's going to walk into the wrong house. And I know this has happened in other parts of the nation where drunk kids will walk into a house thinking they're home, you know, or this is the place they've rented on Airbnb, and it's actually the wrong house. It's the house next door, and then then they end up getting shot or something tragic happens. Yeah, you just kind of have to, you know, protect your family. So uh, I understand, and and I'm not going to say that I'm not in agreement that, you know, there should be permits and things like that. So it's... um. It's just another example, though, uh, or another indicator of how Nashville is growing in, in many different directions. Yeah, it's fascinating that it's growing irregardless of jobs. You know what I mean? It's almost, a, I don't want to call it a false market. I want to call it a, a, a different market. You, normally, it, it takes, you know, some massive plant opening up there or, or whatever. But here, it's because of other outside reasons that you don't normally see. Mm -hmm. Well, I definitely feel like we're living in another bubble. I do not think that we can continue this upward trend many more years because obviously, you know, people 
are having to move further out. But what this is causing, because, you know, I told you my office is the people that their homes are being bought up in Nashville because they have a large amount of cash to spend. They'll move to the outskirts out to where places like my office are and pay cash money. So it's pushing prices up of the markets on the outskirts as well. And then, and then it becomes a point where people can't even afford their houses anymore. Like, like they can afford to stay there. But uh, I, I remember this happened in my market when I was selling in Maryland is a, you'd sell a house and you go like, uh, okay, now they want, they'll let you rent it back for a month. And then people say, okay, what's the new buyer's payment? And they say, oh, it's 3,200 bucks. And they're like, what? I can't even afford my own house anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'll tell you the thing that I struggle with because, you know, there are real estate agents out there that all they care about is is the immediate dollar. And that's just not ever been me. You know, I want to think about the short term and the long term goal for these people. So the thing that concerns me is, say, for example, in my area, you know, two years ago, a 1300 square foot house with a two car garage should probably run you about 140, 150 tops. Right now, it's going to run you 180. So in my mind, you want to tell people that this is really not that good of a deal. But the reality of it is, is if you want a house right now, that is what you are going to pay because that's what the market demands. So... We are in an election year. You know, if the market takes a dive, which eventually it will, you know, at what point are these people going to be safe in their prices? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not going to be two years out. You know, they have to be prepared to stay in their home three to five years, you know, if the market takes a dip in order to get it back up for what they're paying for houses. Yeah, it's kind of like you want to have a mantra of, uh, you know, give the people what they want, because if they if you don't sell it to them, someone else will. Right. But at the same time, you want to let them know, eh, I'm not sure. Now, here's the thing, Amanda. This is what I'm curious about. So, you know, let's take a house that's, you know, built in, say, 1980 or whatever, 85, or sometime like that. And in 2006 or 2005, let's say uh, it sold for 100000 right? And that would mm-hmm. be the peak of the former good market, Former right. great market. What is it selling for today in 2016 in Nashville? It's probably in Nashville. It's probably going to sell for 140, 150. So you're way up, up above 2006. We are way above 2006. Yes. That I haven't heard of that. You know, I've heard of of places, and I, and I ask this question a lot that are at 2004, 2005. A little bit above, you know, the peak, say 2007, 2006, but never anybody 40% above the peak of of 2007, 2006. We are. We absolutely are right now. Hmm. I don't know what that means. I mean, I guess it's good so long as everybody stays there, right? Mm -hmm. And there's enough jobs to to supply them with money. But Mm -hmm. if the construction stops and that whole trade stops because the market stops then I wonder what everyone's going to do for work. Yeah. You know, it's something that I think we're just kind of trying to figure out as we go. As of right now, you know, our unemployment rate is good. But like I said, you know, the, the, the employment level, as far as what people are getting paid is not keeping up with the pace of what housing is costing right now. Hmm. Interesting. But I'll tell you another trend that we see, a lot of parents are buying their children homes. 
I, I mean, like, explain that. Well, you know, you've got mom and dad, you know, that have done well. They're probably at least late 50s, early 60s. You know, they um, are from a gen- different generation to where they have saved a lot of money and put a lot of money into retirement and, and things like that. And now they want to spend it on their kids. So a lot of the parents are either providing the down payments or and or buying the house for their children. And these are 20-something-year-old kids? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, that's great. I would just say, you know, if the money's coming from the equity in their house, then 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 that creates a house of cards because you're kind of stacking on this could be false equity into other houses. And then you have right. a, a domino effect. Hmm. Yeah, it it's falls. not. A lot of people are, are coming in with cash money. Well, good for them. Wow. Fasting. OK, so let's talk about some nitty gritty. So like, what are you doing to get listings in an area where inventory is so tight? Well, I'll tell you, you know, I've been doing this for 15 years. So at this point, a lot of my listings are referral based or just because I I have such a high number of sales, you know, that my success rate has brought in more people. So the things that I feel like are important are trying to maintain the things that we've always done. You know, there are agents out there that have stopped all of their advertising you know they'll put it on zillow or trulia or yahoo or realtor.com they'll put it on there but other than that they're done Um, we still maintain the same level of service that we have done forever Um, in the town that we are in we have a couple of local newspapers we have a regional paper which is called the homes magazine and we still make sure that all of our stuff is advertised in those Because we feel like it's important for the generation that is not computer savvy. When you come into a town, you grab those papers and you want to see all the listings. So we still do that. Um, We have amped up um, some of our what I call visual marketing. We use a professional photographer. We do a virtual walkthrough. So it's not a virtual slideshow where like here's the kitchen here's the living room it's I'm walking through the house and this is what I see because a lot of people want a better feel for the floor plan so that provides that Um, we've also gotten to do a lot of drone photos now and drone videos we've got a company that does that for us so when we sell a large track of land you know obviously they can do google earth but it's just not the same so we'll do some drone photos um, listing a lakefront property we did some drone photos for it so trying to keep up with the latest technology um, and still provide the things that we were doing 15 years ago as well. Mm. So you're going full out. I mean, you're you're pulling out all the stops on all the listings, even though chances are it'll just sell by you putting it in an MLS. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because I just don't feel like that you hired me just to put it on the MLS. You know, any seller can contact a discount broker and have their, their property put on the MLS. So when you put your property on the MLS with the preconceived notion that it's going to sell in 24 hours, so why should I do anything? What happens when it doesn't sell in 24 hours and you haven't taken the time to make the great first impression? Hmm. Now, have you seen a surge of discount brokers in in Nashville area? I haven't seen a surge of the number of discount brokers. The same ones that have always been there are still there. Um, I do see a surge of people wanting to do for sale by owner, but, you know, in the same breath, I've either brought buyers to those for sale by owners or ended up listing them 
for them in the long run. So, so how, how do you find these? So if you're trying to, you know, you got an investor that is, is, is from California, let's say, or, or, or wherever they're coming from, and they want to buy a house in Nashville or surrounding areas, and uh, MLS is bleak. Is there a database you're going into to find these FISBOs? Well, you can search in the MLS depending on who the listing agent is. So that is one source because we pretty much know who those listing agents are, the discount brokers. You can also search Zillow for just for sale by owner. And then, of course, you've got like for sale by owner dot com that you can go to. Okay, And then you just do all that for them and say, you know, how about this one? How about this one? Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah, because at the end of the day, they're probably you know, don't have time to go into all those sites. Correct. Interesting. Now, what about on the buyer end? Now, you have multiple offers? A lot of times we will. Um, The main thing is, is getting them to the property within the first 24 hours of it going on the market, which sometimes can be very frustrating as the real estate agent because when everybody's trying to get in within the first 24 hours, Sometimes, you know, there's just not enough hours in the day. So I'll I'll bring in help to, to show properties or whatever. So that's the first step is, you know, getting them there within 24 hours to try to get an offer put in. And then you have to decide, you know, how creative are you going to be? Um, I am not a salesperson. You know, it's not my job to sell somebody a house. I'm an advisor. So as a buyer, they know what their comfort level is, you know, and I'm very honest with my clients, you know, either this house isn't worth what they're asking for it. You know, I would suggest an offer of this price or this house is going to sell quickly. You need to make your best offer up front. And when it gets into a multiple offer situation, I just tell my clients, make your best offer make a no regrets offer so that if you get it, you're comfortable with what you have agreed to. And if you don't get it, you don't go back and say, well, I should have done this. I could have done that. I wish I I would have done this. It's no regrets either way. Hmm. Uh, yeah. And I guess you just got to do that. That's the, that's the game that you have to play with the buyers is, you know, put them in the here and now and just be like, this is, give it your best shot and let the chips fall where they may. Now, then my mm-hmm. curious question is, how are the local banks dealing with appraisals on some of these houses that are selling, you know, 40% higher than, you know, the, the before Lehman crashed, uh, the peak, you know, they're looking at the peak and they're saying, Hey, you know, here it is, you know, it was worth a hundred in the peak and now it's worth a buck 40. You know, how are the banks dealing with this is, you know, and how are they getting these things appraised? Well, I'll tell you, in speaking with the appraisers, they have a really tough job, you know, and I'm not going to say that there's not uh, not chances where you just throw a price out there and hope it sticks, you know, because you're just like, I just don't know. Um, And the appraisers have done a great job, you know, trying to understand where we're coming from. And even though we can't talk value with our appraisers, you know, if they have trouble coming to terms with what we have on paper, you know, they may say, can you send me some comps, you know, so that they understand what our mindset is and what we're thinking and how we came about the price that we came about. And then of course they formulate their own decision. And if it just doesn't work, it just doesn't work. But, um, 
we have reached a point now to where it's taking like three weeks to get an appraisal back, which we've never been that way before. Usually, you know, we'll get it ordered. It'll be done in a week and you move on. So right now we're probably at two to three weeks for most appraisals. Is that because they're too busy or is that because they're scrutinizing them more? It's because they're too busy. Hmm. So they just need to hire more appraisers. Well, Yes, but, you know, you only have so many to choose from. You know, a lot of them got out of the business when the market crashed, and a lot of them are about ready to retire. So hmm. I don't know that we have as many new appraisers that come on as we have realtors because, you know, you have to be in Tennessee. I think you have to be an apprentice for so long to an appraiser before you can actually do the appraisals. on. Oh, your I see. Interesting. Interesting. And do you have a lot of new agents getting in the biz now? We do. When the market is good, everybody wants to be a real estate agent. When the market tanked, we lost 7% of our realtors in one month. 7% in one month. Mm -hmm. Right. Just like that. And then, and then who knows how many after that. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's wrap this up, Amanda, with uh, one of our flagship questions. And that is this, you know, if I were to put you on a reality TV show, and I'm going to make this one a little different because I'm going to say in an extreme seller's market, let's say I took 10 agents and I put them in a new area, okay, that is an extreme seller's market. And all of them are new to this area, all right? Uh, nobody knows anybody. And every agent gets, starts with the same thing. They start with $1,000. They start with a cell phone. They start with a laptop. And your idea is to sell more houses than the nine other agents. Each, each month, uh, the agent that sells the lease gets thrown off of this challenge. And the agent that's left after the 10 agents of nine agents have been thrown off uh, wins a million dollars. Let's just play this game. How is Amanda Bell going to sell more houses than the another, other nine agents in an extreme seller's market knowing no one? Okay, that's fair enough. Well, the first thing that I think I have on my side is my numbers. You know, for me not to be on a team and still turn the numbers that I have, it turns a lot of heads. It gives me an advantage over a lot of other people. The second thing that I have on my side, which I wouldn't need any of my $1,000 for, is I do my own staging. So I have my own furniture and my own staging equipment to be able to do it and it not cost my sellers any money. The the thing that about me is, is that I provide all these different levels of service and it doesn't cost my seller any more money. So the videos, the drones, the marketing, you know, those are all things that I offer my sellers in order to entice them to use me. And it doesn't cost them any extra money. A lot of other agents out there keep increasing commissions or they charge fees for this or that or the other. So I think just the way that I work will put me above a lot of the others. And then just the fact that, you know, the turn times that I have is really going to give me an advantage because right now a lot of my properties do sell within the first 24, 48 hours. And it's because of how I position them on the market. You have to choose carefully what day of the week that you put them on, you know, how you advertise the very initial spot and, and things like that. So I think those things just in general, just the techniques that I use, the technology that I use will give me an advantage over a lot of other realtors. Wow. I, I can actually see you sitting in front of a, a, a husband and wife seller right now. 
saying, oh, I sold 300 houses last year and have them go, oh, you know, okay, the, all the agents we were talking to sold, you know, hundreds of houses. And then you saying, but I don't have a team. <laughs> you know, I sold all these myself and have them kind of sit back a little bit and then say, well, wait a minute, the other guy came in, but he has all these people on his team. Uh, you know, maybe we should ask him how many he sold himself. And, and, and none of them are going to be able to compare to you. They're going to be like, obviously, you know, she has a track record and, and she's going to give us a hell of a lot of attention because she doesn't have a team. Right. And the other thing that's very frustrating for me as a realtor is to call an agent that's on a team and it's like, well, press one for if your house is under contract, press two if it's listed, but not yet on the market. You know, it's frustrating for me as an agent. So I don't put my clients through that. You know, when you call my cell phone, you get me. You don't get press one and press two. And so yeah, no, that, I, I, I could see that sales pitch too. I could see you <laughs> telling them that and they're being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. when you hire me, you get me. Wow. That's all you need to say, right? That's, I, that's great. I love that. I love it. Well, listen, I mean, this has been great. I really, really, really appreciate you coming back. I know you run incredibly busy with all the business that you do. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me back. My pleasure. And if you guys have any referrals for Nashville, Tennessee, or you want to buy a property and Airbnb it or or rent it out or just use it as a vacation home because it is the new New York City or the new Los Angeles, you've got the lady here, Amanda Bell. I'm going to put all Amanda's information up on hybendigital.com, Amanda Bell 2, the number 2. And uh, Amanda, thanks so much again and best of luck to you. If I'm ever out Thank in you. the Nashville area, I'll definitely uh, get together with you. Yes, definitely. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by Bluehost. Check this out. If you have a website you want to host or already hosting and are probably paying too much, they have disrupted the world when it comes to hosting things inexpensively and efficiently. As little as $3.95 a month and you get a free domain name. They host over 2 million websites worldwide. Check it out, uh, listeners to this show. Very inexpensive and efficient. They can get a free domain. So I got a coupon for a free domain for you. Just go to host.hybendigital.com. That's host.hybendigital.com. Over 2 million websites hosted worldwide by Bluehost. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.